This is an RNZ podcast. It's a very interesting time for democracy, um, I, I, she said grandiosely. But, I mean, we're, we're getting a lot of texts saying, Judith Collins, she's outrageous. This is not a time to criticise the government. The media is getting told, you can't ask those questions. This is a time to be solid. You have to support the government and not question it. It's uh, an unnerving time to have an election. That was Kim Hill on RNZ's Morning Report last Wednesday. And the next day, Kim Hill had an unnerving encounter with National Party leader Judith Collins, who said we shouldn't have an election at all while COVID-19 is disrupting so much of our lives. And Judith Collins had earlier hinted that the government was holding back information about the anti-COVID-19 campaign. Do you take any responsibility for a mood of fear and panic, having collaborated with Jerry Brownlee to suggest that the government is hiding things from the public? What a ridiculous thing to say. What we're saying is, when we are... What does transparency mean? When you call for more transparency, Ms Collins, what does that mean? I think we need to have information as soon as it's possible to have it. There is, of course, a big difference between making important information available as soon as possible and hinting darkly that the government and officials might have been withholding it. What do these guys know that they're not telling us? The National Party's deputy leader, Jerry Brownlee, asked in a statement last week. And earlier this week, he and his leader urged the media to investigate what he called a series of interesting facts. On Friday, Jerry Brownlee said he got into a bad spot with this and insisted he really didn't want to fuel conspiracy theorists. And there's no shortage of those, as we'll hear in a minute here on Media Watch. But just like Judith Collins, the media also want as much solid information out there as soon as possible. During Friday's lunchtime daily briefing, Health Minister Chris Hipkins responded like this to reporters asking repeatedly about reported cases of community transmission and rumours of them on social media. Um, There were rumours circulating around Wellington yesterday about positive tests. Um, I spent a bit of time chasing those down and can confirm that they were incorrect. Um, This is one of the challenges that we have across the country at the moment. People are at a heightened level of anxiety. That's understandable. Um, There is one source of truth, though, uh, when it comes to these things, and that's the announcements we make here. But that claim was undermined at that very press conference when the Director General of Health wrongly referred to a case at one Auckland area high school which knew nothing of the suggestion. On this weekend's News Hub Nation, Chris Hipkins was asked, how did that happen? Yeah, that that wasn't an issue with contact tracing. That was an issue with the preparation for the media briefing um, and the incorrect information was included in that. Um, Look, ultimately, uh, you know, I think the the Director General and his team, you know, he was given uh, wrong speech notes for that um, and that's very unfortunate. Um, Obviously, you know, we'll look to tighten that process up as much as we can. Um, That could have happened, easily happened to me as well, so we're tightening up that process around preparation for those media briefings Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we want to, you know, be absolutely clear here, when we release information at one o'clock, it's got to be absolutely rigid and robust. What some journalists have called government by daily press conference has frustrated the media throughout the COVID crisis. Most of them now work in a deadlineless, continuous news environment, and many times they've asked specific questions only to have to wait till the next day for a sensible answer, by which time the claim that they're trying to verify true or false, has spread far and wide online. And after the announcement of Auckland's lockdown extension, the Minister was pressed on this again at yesterday's daily briefing. Would you consider perhaps delivering more um, more round-the-clock updates to the Ministry of Health 
to allow yourselves to clamp down on this sort of speculation and, and get some of it proved correct and others other speculation completely discounted so that people weren't waiting on the 1pm update so much because some of this speculation goes like wildfire for hours and hours and hours before you're able to debunk it at yeah. this press conference. Look, I'll make a couple of observations on that. The first is, uh, through our testing and contact tracing processes, the people that need to know, know as soon as they need to know, as soon as the information is out there. The information that we're putting out each day at one o'clock is designed to ensure that we can test the veracity of all of that information, that we can draw all of the links that we need to draw and give people as complete a picture as possible. Now he went on to say there's little they can do if people are contacted by contact tracing teams, as they do when the system is working as it should, and then those people post stuff on social media at any time of day. Newshub reporter Lisette Raymer put it this way on Newshub at 6 last night. He went as far as to say that health officials at the moment are not only working overtime to stamp out COVID-19, they are also having to work hard to stamp out the rumours and the conspiracy. And he has advice to people is that if you're at home surfing the web and you see anything, take it as not true unless you hear it in that 1pm press conference. But another factor for officials and government is that the more often they release information in response to either public or media, demand, any instance of imperfection will be cast as evidence of incompetence by their critics, especially at election campaign time. On Wednesday's morning report, RNZ's political editor Jane Patterson told Kim Hill that the media are in the middle here when it comes to holding the government to account right now. Of course the government should be questioned um, and I think Judith Collins made that point. She was saying it's not that she's questioning going into level three, she's questioning the information and the testing regime um, or the quality of the testing that's led up to this that um, New Zealand wasn't aware that there was community transmission. And as we saw in the last lockdown, through that epidemic response committee, through media questions, things like testing, PPE, um, quarantining at the border, a lot of improvements were made to those systems through scrutiny and through pressure. I think what the public's asking is that people do it um, in a way that um, does not, I suppose, challenge the team effort. They People don't like to see combative or negative, so it's going to be getting the tone. But scrutiny, now more than ever, is incredibly important. And some of the sort of scrutiny which helps came from NewsHub's investigations editor Michael Mora on NewsHub at 6 last Thursday. The Health Ministry says as of August 3 last Monday, 1,089 border workers in Auckland had had a test. However, figures provided to NewsHub show there are 40 Air New Zealand ground staff, 47 immigration staff, 52 biosecurity officers, 141 customs officers and 2,700 managed isolation or quarantine staff. A total of 2,980 workers in Auckland. So 63.5% of a workforce at risk just last week who had never had a test. And at yesterday's COVID-19 briefing, journalists were also wanting answers to questions about that. Do you know who is either failing to pass on the message or is failing to actually do what has been instructed and are they going to lose their jobs? Look, we have plenty of time to get into uh, all of that in due course. Our, our sole focus at this point um, is responding to the current outbreak and doing all of the testing and contact tracing that we need to be done uh, in order to narrow this uh, cluster down, in order to identify where the source was. And that is where, what we want everybody focused on.
Now that revelation could end up being highly significant if or when we find out the source of this week's outbreak of community transmission. Though some in the media this past week seemed pretty certain that experts and officials who were warning that an outbreak could happen were wasting their time. I I made up my mind this morning that I wasn't going to get on a big rant about um, quarantine and the fact that they're saying there's more likely to be a, um, you know, community transmission at the moment than there was, you know, sort of six or eight weeks ago. And so I'm not going to. I think we should be grateful that I have to go to a news um, ad because, quite frankly, I call bullshit, which I'm probably not allowed to say on radio. That was Paula Bennett on the Magic Talk Network last Monday saying something you're not really meant to say on the radio too often on day one of her week-long stint filling in on the station and the last days of her day job as a National Party MP. And there was more where that came from later on the same show. Paula Bennett didn't hold back when prompted by a caller who claimed to be a professional risk assessment expert. Yeah, it really has been a four-month evidence-free zone. Yeah, well, it has. And um, if there's one thing I do know a lot about, and there's a lot of things I don't know much about, but if there's one thing I do know a lot about, it's about campaigns and how they run. And there's a few emotions that people vote on, and uh, one of the most powerful is fear. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that at the moment um, fear is being used um, to potentially try and win an election, and I reckon that's wrong. Paula Bennett's insistence that the community transmission was not a worry right now was torpedoed by the events of the following day. On Tuesday night, a News Talk ZB listener sent in a text message which was read out on air at about 8.15pm by nighttime host Marcus Lush. Marcus, have you heard of the Minister of Health are doing a press tonight regarding a positive patient in Pepitoitui who has no obvious link to travel? An email has been sent to staff at Counties Manukau DHB. If someone's got a copy of that Email, please send it to us. I haven't seen that. It seemed clear something serious had happened when the Prime Minister's office alerted media shortly before 9pm that night that there'd be a press conference featuring the PM and the Director-General of Health at about quarter past, and so it proved. After 102 days, we have our first cases of COVID-19 outside of a managed isolation or quarantine facility in New Zealand. And from a standing start that night, the response from the media was impressive. The announcement was covered live on TV and radio and streamed and live blogged online. Critical information about Level 2 and Level 3 restrictions and where and when they'd be applied was reliably and rapidly relayed. But no matter how clear the message, not everyone was taking it all on board. For instance, having urged people not to panic by in her announcement, the Prime Minister was then asked in the press conference that followed to respond to reports that it was already underway in Auckland. When News Talk ZB's nighttime host Marcus Lush resumed his show when the action in the Beehive was all over on Tuesday, callers confirmed that crowds had descended on the countdowns in Auckland. Absolutely crazy. Queues on the road to get into the car park. And soon after, Marcus Lush tried to talk down any would-be panic by shoppers listening in their cars heading for the supermarket. Don't do it. Instant noodles, Louisiana chicken, you'll be fine. Rice risotto from the dairy, two litre milk and milo, you don't need to panic by. It's three days. Because if there's community transmission, you're out there falling over each other in the supermarket, that's not a good thing. And some from the whānau of five million who phoned in got short shrift from the normally mild-mannered Marcus Lush. So just imagine a disease so deadly you actually have to be tested to know if you've got it. This is just nonsense. 
Nigel, how many people are dead in America? How many people have died from cancer in the same time, Marcus? More people have died but, from but, 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 this, but this is, this is not mutually... Nigel, this is not mutually exclusive. It's not idiot hour. This is a preventable, communicable disease. It's not motor accidents. It's not cancer. Have you not learned anything in the last six months, Nigel?